Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello, and welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. My name is Stacey Morgan, and joining me is the fabulous Ray Gold. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Stacey. How are you? I am very, very well. Heading towards the festive season, things are winding down in my part of the world. How are you doing? Uh, things are just picking up in my part of the world, <laughs> and I'm enjoying the journey. That's awesome. It's time for another rant because uh, apparently people like the rants. I look at this. I look at the statistics and, and the analytics for the podcast, and people think it's quite good. So I hear you haven't been home, Ree. You've been tripping about the place and going to a couple of different dance competitions. Where were you last weekend? I went to a dance competition that really wasn't a dance competition. Sounds good. <laughs> yes. How, how is that for an explanation? What it was was a group of dance teachers from the Boston area, though there were some people from Connecticut involved in this event coming together to be adjudicated but no awards oh nice I like so the, that you know what I, I i did too and it was short they got a little more time than you might get in the average dance competition uh they gave the judges some time or adjudicators some time in between to make additional comments or notes to give to the dancers and I really like that part of it. I actually think maybe it's something that we should consider doing a little bit more of. Uh, what also made it cool was it was really one performance from each studio. So the kids got to know each other. Uh, they did a rehearsal together, took some classes together and it was a, really cool experience yeah it sounds awesome to have that opportunity to learn in taking classes with the people that you are normally dancing against and then the opportunity to perform on stage alongside of them too i like it yes and i'll give a, a shout out to the boston youth dance exchange because uh they're the ones that hosted the event and it got to work with a legend from the Boston dance community. Her name is Jeanette Neal. And she recently closed her studio, but had one in Boston for over 40 years. Wow. And uh, she joined me on this panel and it was great to hang out with her. Very cool. Well, shout out to Jeanette. That's really awesome. Is she thinking of touring this anytime soon? Because I think my <laughs> students would like to <laughs> get involved. Is it going to be an Australian yeah. version? I will bring it up to them the next time I talk to them. Awesome. I like that. <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm really glad you brought it up because in in watching what was going on uh choreographically and uh mood wise i want to i have some comments and and thoughts especially at this time of the year because i know my u.s friends are working on choreography for the season it, it, it choreography seemed dark oh, uh, yeah. overall overall like dark like weekend. dark it was only one night this event 
Okay. Um, but the choreography uh, seemed dark. I, I was waiting for someone to come out and give me something fun or comical or something that would make the audience smile. Now, that doesn't mean that they weren't good dancers, but I feel like uh, I call these kids between the ages of maybe 12 and 20. Yep. And I was feeling like I wanted to see them smile. I was feeling like I wanted to see their faces. They were looking at the floor a lot. Uh, I found the choreography to be uh, not pulling in the audience, almost separated from the audience, if that makes sense. Like those dancers were dancing within themselves and not sharing that with the audience. Wow, I, 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 uh, in saying that to you, um, that was a good way to describe it. Yeah. Did you then come away as an audience member kind of feeling a bit heavier by the end of the night? I, I felt heavier. I, so now I, I went into that whole uh, rant, but I, I, I'm not telling you that they weren't good dancers, and I'm not telling you that I don't appreciate uh, kids who are focused and working so hard and obviously having a passion for dance and, and giving them the opportunity to perform. So I don't want anybody to feel like this wasn't a good performance. I'm just saying uh, time to entertain an audience, time to teach that to kids, time to, to make this younger generation in our studios know that you communicate with an audience. That's part of it. It's not like we're observing what a beautiful dancer you, you are, even though we are. We are looking for you to bring to us your soul. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think was missing. It's really about engagement, isn't it, in terms of, like a two-way communication with the audience there's so so many times and I find this especially in my 10 and 12 years age groups they are looking at the floor or they are looking around while they're performing and I and you know I urge them to be looking up and out to the audience not just because it looks better from an audience perspective but so that they can make that connection because if they make that connection with the audience, the audience is so much more likely to feel something for what they're performing or to be able to understand what they're trying to communicate in terms of story or theme or, or whatever the choreography is about. But that's really hard to do when they're not making that connection. I, I agree. And, and it would be bad if I neglected this part of it too. It's not only the audience, it's each other. So yeah. if you're, wor you're working with a group of dancers, I feel uh, through this choreography, through your eye focus, the connection between dancers as well. Yeah. So if our listeners are, are into this, to me that, that connection is, is between the dancers and the audience. And that was 
really what I was focused on when I first started this rant. But there also must be that connection among the dancers that an audience can feel. And we can't leave that part out. No. But also in, in a dance class environment, as teachers, sometimes we find we're so overwhelmed with teaching the curriculum. We're so overwhelmed with getting that choreography finished because, you know, the rehearsal is coming up in two weeks or, you know, the show is going to be on. We sometimes neglect to communicate that to our, to our students. We sometimes neglect to teach that to our students and we forget that they don't just inherently know how to perform. Like they, they just, you know, they go to dance and they must obviously know. For some of our kids, that's the most challenging part of being a dancer. They can do the, they can do the steps, but can they really get out there and perform? And finding time in the classroom to make sure that we really teach them how things are meant to look. Give them examples of, of what it looks like when you do the whole routine, you know, looking at the floor and you do the routine not looking at your teammates and, and not making that connection so that they understand the difference between what you're asking for and, and what they're doing and, and they're able to grow in that sense. I'm with you on that. It's a hard thing to teach a kid. I think what they have to do to be able to get out on stage with the kind of performance you just described is feel confident in themselves and their ability and proud to show off uh, what they've learned. I'm, I don't know the secret to getting them to do that, but I think it's, it relates to the culture that we create in our classroom. Yes. But, Oh, <laughs> no, you go. I, I'm not, I'm not about to interrupt your rant, Ray. Go. <laughs> well, I, I may forget what I was talking about, but to me, I did. I did. Go ahead. It'll come back to me. Okay. I was just going to say, you're right. It does come down to culture. So I have, I have um, been taught in my life by teachers who are incredibly talented in terms of technique, but who really frighten me. And so when I would get on stage to perform their choreography, because I was so worked up and afraid that I was going to disappoint them and afraid that they were going to be mad at me, I would, I would make mistakes left, right and center because of that, you know, heightened sense of self. I couldn't, I couldn't pull it together. Whereas I had other teachers who were really quite nurturing and um, allowed us to make mistakes in the classroom. And therefore we felt comfortable to learn and, and I found that I performed their routines on stage a little better because I kind of, the, uh, the edge was taken off. I was allowed to be me and, and not that, not the mistakes were celebrated, but they definitely weren't, you know, the end of the world when I would, when I would, you know, make a mistake. So it's about the culture that you build within the studio and how your students building their confidence up is not just about what you do in the studio, but giving them the confidence to know that when they get out there yeah. on stage, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. You want them to do their very best and um, that, you know, we will, any mistakes that we make, we will learn from not any mistakes that you make. I will scream at you in front of everybody <laughs> and tell you how much you've ruined everything. Right. So then I say, if, if we were to go deeper into that, um, maybe it's a fair Maybe yeah. the kids are afraid uh, to look up. They they fear messing up. They fear <sighs> somebody judging them. So they look down, do the movement, and hope that they get through it. 
Mm. I I feel like uh, uh, we can we can work on that within the classroom, and and that it really is about kids believing in themselves. Yep, because when it comes down to it, so much of I know we talk about this all the time, Ray, but so much of our job is not teaching how to do the tondu and how to do the plie, but instead teaching them how to believe in themselves so that when they go out into the big wide world, they have all of the skills that they need to be successful. So if think about this, if you put a group of five-year-olds out on the stage, the majority of them, because they're all so innocent and you gave them a dance and you said, smile when you hit that stage, give me the biggest smile. They're going to do that even quicker than they're going to remember their dance. Mm -hmm. So it's something that's happening either within their minds or their heads or within our classrooms that's causing them to lose that sense of freedom when they hit the stage. Because they have it. They have it when they're young. All kids do. Yep. It could also be, Reed, that as they get older and the steps get more complicated, so the, the actual choreography gets more complicated, that their brains actually, you know, to be able to do steps and then to be able to smile are two different sections of your brain. And some for some kids, they can't do one, they can't do both of them at the same time. And as the steps get more complicated, the, their, their brain's ability to, to switch on any kind of facial expression other than pure shock is really difficult. But if we give the kids the ability and we encourage them in class to be thinking about the steps, but also thinking about their presentation, thinking about their connection, then they're more likely to do it when they get out there on stage rather than kind of get out there and look, you know, you know, those deer in headlights kids that you see and you just go, are you having a good time? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or are you is somebody you know forcing you to be there i'm with you 100 percent um so i want to go one more place on this little rant and this isn't only this past weekend what i uh experienced but uh some of the events that i experienced over this summer i feel as though in the competition world um we're not cleaning the choreography as well as we used to, or the priority on cleaning is less than it was at one time. And to me, that's either a sign that we're doing too much choreography, so there is no time to clean, Mm -hmm. or we're losing sight of that educational process that a student has to go through. To refine their technique and refine their line. Mm-hmm. I feel strongly that we need to get back to cleaning the choreography count by count. And let me roll. I, that is, when, when I say that, here are comments that I continually find myself saying Where are the dancers spotting? Yep. Why are you not doing a plie before you jump? Mm-hmm. Because your jump will be higher. 
how come this formation is not, why do I not have the ability to figure out what this formation is? Yeah, that's and such so, a good one. Oh, I was like, what is this? What am I looking at? <laughs> so to me, in the day of doing dance competitions and being proud of your work, you'd make sure that the audience and the judges knew what that formation was and, and what that body line was, that everybody is facing corner one here instead of just anywhere on that side of the stage. Yeah, wherever you like. Put it wherever you like. <laughs> like, so... I want to make that statement. Uh, I don't want to offend anybody. I know that uh, people are doing a lot of choreography, but I'd like to see us spend a little more time on cleaning it up. And for some people, I get the organic contemporary feel. But if I'm choreographing for a group with this organic contemporary feel and there's lots going on, I get that it's not going to be clean. But in those moments within the choreography where these 18 dancers are moving together, that is when it needs to be clean. Yep. Dance is Go a ahead. discipline, right, Ray? So I know lots of teachers feel like they need to keep pushing through new choreography because of pressure that they feel from the kids to be doing new things because they're a generation of, you know, um, immediacy. They, they can get things on demand. Um, but also I would encourage teachers not to, to kind of, not to give in to that if, that if that pressure is coming from the parents of my, you know, my child wants a new this or we need to do, we've, we've done that one before, we need new choreography, we need new choreography. And to be able to stand really firm in your your training and your understanding and be able to say, no, part, dance is a discipline. And part of what we do in the discipline of dance is that we rehearse and we do it over and over, count by count, step by step until we get it right. Because that teaches the kids persistence and it teaches them to, you know, take a step back and to slow down at times, which are really important life lessons that we can get in the dance studio. Yes, 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 yes. And all of this should be about focusing on giving our kids life lessons. Yeah. And I feel like our choreography and should have a meaning. We should have a reason to do that choreography. We should be cleaning so that if you're doing a ballet piece, you're working on teaching the kids to close in fifth and you're that's a part of the process to grow as a dancer. Okay. <laughs> I, have a, I have a little question for you, Ree, because it's something that bugs me all the time as a teacher. Sometimes when I go to competitions, I see groups dancing that are doing really basic but very clean movement. Where do you draw the line as a choreographer and as a teacher in... I want to give my kids stuff that is challenging for them, not stuff that they can't do, but stuff that is challenge, challenging for them so they'll improve on that as we rehearse the group. But sometimes it means that when they go out on stage, they don't hit the mark and sometimes they miss it. And I'm Tell okay. me what you mean by a mark. Oh, when I just say miss the mark, they might, you know, might not hit that grand jet on the, on the, on the same count, on the right count. Okay. And okay. 
whereas there are other groups that are that are, they're competing against that won't do things like grand jetés but will do very simplified um, movement but it will be very clean and very together and i i wonder i always struggle as a teacher with the balance of giving the kids stuff that's challenging because i know that if they they have stuff in their routines that is challenging then every week when we practice it it's going to get better and better and better but I also want to be competitive when I step out there into a, you know, into a competition arena. And I don't want the kids to be, you know, absolutely killed because their work isn't as clean. I, I just really struggle okay. with that. And I'm sure other dance teachers do too. This is, this is what I say if I'm, and I'm speaking for myself as a judge, which may be different if I can make a commentary than the fourth runner-up of So You Think You Can Dance. Mm -hmm. You get that that's two different mindsets, as I'm sure our listeners get, correct? Yeah. yeah. I want the cleaner choreography. Mm. So, but this is what I say as a choreographer. Let's say I do, I'm working on that grand jeté that you talked about. Yeah. If we get two weeks before performance and that grand jeté is not where it should be or the kid is not confident or the group is not confident, I'd make it some passe jump or something that we were confident of and then keep working on that grand jeté. I wouldn't show the judges the possibility that somebody's not going to do a good one. Yeah. I, and I like I, that because you don't take I, take the kid out of the grand jeté altogether. You just modify it. Yes. I yeah. look at the uh, – when I was doing this and I was working with kids, I look at somebody who was doing a beautiful – this is a soloist, a beautiful turn sequence, and maybe she did it twice. And now we're, we've been rehearsing for three weeks and she doesn't. I change it. Yeah. And that's where the I feel from. like, you know, we started this off about confidence. I want the dancer to have the confidence. Yeah. You, you and our listeners know that there are often times when you look at a dancer or a group of dancers on stage who are enjoying themselves and all of a sudden the smile goes, everything goes and they tense up because something's happening that is so difficult that now that's where their focus went. They're no longer enjoying the performance. They're hoping they can get through this next thing. Yeah. <laughs> and their expression on their face shows it. Yeah. So if I can avoid that as a choreographer, I think I should try to do that rather yeah. than hope they're going to hit this thing. I answered you that way. But I'm going to tell you that there are people out there who probably would adjudicate based on, well, the kids did a grand jeté, so that was better than or more than this simpler dance, and they might score it higher. Mm. So I'm giving you an opinion from what I consider uh artist dance teacher who appreciates getting a group of kids to do anything at the same time on the same count with a big <laughs> smile on their face. 
Absolutely. And if anyone's looking for inspiration in terms of cleaning, I know it's, it's rocket season in New York, of course, and they have this season been releasing a couple of uh, rehearsal videos of them working on the show that they're doing. Have you seen this, Ray? I actually have seen some of those posts on social oh. media. I've seen a lot of Rockette, but I didn't click on them. Now that I know what they are, is it is it rehearsals? It's and rehearsals cleaning? and it's cleaning and it's and it's meticulous and it's beautiful. Right. And oh, I was spellbound, spellbound and terrified also at the same time. You know those um, all those feelings come back of rehearsals that you did <laughs> when you were younger, where it was you know right down to the fingernail and um oh i loved it so check it out if you haven't seen it already you can find the rockets on facebook uh, i'll say i grew up that way too and yes i did organic choreography but a lot of time was spent on cleaning I, and especially you know our professional work i know people might be thinking when i'm talking i'm talking competition no i'm talking professional work where you rehearse for hours to clean and refine and everybody feel confident even if you knew the choreography yep you need to be able to do it in your sleep i had a director yeah. once tell me <laughs> i agree with that muscle memory is the word that uh choreographers or my mom used a lot it must become muscle memory so yeah. that way that muscle memory meant that you could entertain because it was your muscle memory that was doing the movement. Doing the steps, yep. Yep. Okay, this felt good. I hope our listeners enjoyed that rant. <laughs> the rants are very popular. If you're enjoying the podcast, we'd love you to share it with your friends, especially any dance teachers that you know or dance studio owners. And if you're looking for more information on the fabulous Ray Gold, and that's, that's how I refer to you now, Ray, the fabulous Ray Gold, you can go to regold.com. But we'd love you to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts for our podcast. That would be really awesome. Thank Over you, fabulous Stacey Morgan. <laughs> oh, I could get used to that. <laughs> I uh, enjoy it. And... You may call me fabulous, but this is my passion. So this is easy for me to do. And I hope our listeners spend the time over the next few days really enjoying the journey. Love it. Thanks, Ray. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us for Ray Gold's Dance Life Podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 